Bienvenidos and welcome to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. We at La Raza Chronicles support the people of Venezuela in their struggle against the U.S.-backed regime change moves against their democratically elected president, Arturo Maduro. We urge you, dear listeners, to do all that you, your friends and families and elected rep representatives can do to stop the U.S. government led by the Trump administration's aggressive undermining of Venezuela's democracy. On January 23rd, 2019, U.S. Vice President Mike Pence announced the U.S. government would recognize the right-wing opposition leader Juan Guardo as the new self-proclaimed president of Venezuela, despite the lack of elections and President Maduro's continued support from the Venezuelan people. Now's the time to stand in solidarity with Venezuela and other countries that have had their governments undermined by the U.S. We call for no intervention in Venezuela, no border walls, and an elimination of ICE and ICE raids. Thank you, listeners, for all you do for peace and justice on our planet. Tonight's program was produced by Nina Serrano, Julieta Cusnid, and Brenda Yescas. On tonight's program, we feature an interview on the San Francisco Son Carocho Festival that brings together music, art, and culture, as well as an interview with up-and-coming band La Gran Puchica. All this and a calendar of upcoming events. Stay tuned. You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. This is a really special time of year. Every February, we get to think about Son Jarocho and get to see the intersections of all the amazing teachers that come from all over Mexico and folks that have been here holding it down, building strong community. And we're going to spend some time thinking and talking about Son Jarocho. I'm so lucky to have Lolis here in the studio with us, who's been living and breathing Son Jarocho for quite a while now, no? Like a really long time, huh? Yeah. <laughs> How long would you say you've been in the Son Jarocho world? Um, since I was 10, when I moved to Richmond, we went to a community center, and that's where Son Jarocho and other genres of music was introduced to me. Wow. Because I think a lot of people, if even if they've only kind of stepped their foot in the scene, they've probably heard you play. Uh, probably <laughs> yeah I mean you are someone who holds down a lot of different areas and you know I actually even you know took classes of yours to learn zapateado and I, just something where you're able to break down this beautiful tradition in a way that's people can find their own piece that they can take home with them. So why don't you just start off, we're talking about Son Jarocho, but that in itself, I mean, it's Afro-Mexican music, but tell us about it, you know, for someone who, they're not, they're not sure, they're like, what are they talking about? This music is so open, it's a tradition that's open to whoever wants to be a part of it. I mean, it's not originally my tradition, my parents are from Jalisco and Zacatecas, and I was born and raised in the Bay Area, and when I was introduced to this music, the music, the melodies, the poetry just calls you and it brings you in. And it's so open and it's so inviting that anyone that just, if they just want to listen or, or maybe try an instrument or maybe step onto the tarima and try a very simple step, it's so open for you to join and be a part of a community. And that community is so welcoming that it becomes your family or maybe a tradition that wasn't originally. And that's why I think a lot of people love to be part of this community, Fandango Son Jarocho. So you talked about Fandango. So what is a Fandango? It's so Fandango is a community gathering, a get-together. You have to have the tarima there for the dancers to dance on. You have 
a wide range of musicians. There's people that just come and watch to watch and talk to each other. People who might host a fandango will offer food and something to drink like coffee or aguas frescas. And it's just a way to express yourself. If you can't express yourself with words, you can express yourself through dance or through music. And if you can't express yourself through words, you can express yourself with poetry and versos, old ones, new ones, uh, ones that are being improvised on the spot. So it's just a wide range of, of ways that one can express themselves. So Lolis, you are someone who dances, you sing, you play, you do a lot of things in these fandangos. And so so let's kind of paint the picture of the different instruments that are being played because the music will play some, but I think it's good for people to get a sense of these beautiful but also very unique instruments to the field of Son Jarocho. So you mentioned the tarima, which is kind of this wooden box that people dance on top of. That's how I would describe yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's not, you know, it's not too tall. It's not like dangerous or anything, but, you know, <laughs> it's just enough for percussion because, you know, really the dancing, it becomes an instrument. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, tell us, like, what is a jarana in terms of if someone's never seen one before or, you know, quijada, people play mm-hmm. quijada. What, tell us about some of these instruments. Yeah, so the heart of the fandangos at Tarima, which you mentioned. And then when there's melody instruments, there's rhythm instruments, and there's percussion. So the melody, depending on uh, regional areas in Veracruz, there's a guitarra de son, which is a guitar-like instrument with four strings, and you pluck it with a cow horn, which is called an espiga. So that is the one that's going to call the song, and then everyone else joins. Um, in other areas, you might see a violin, a rustic violin from Los Tuxlas. Now they've been uh, using more modern European violins. And then in other areas, they might use a harp also. And the harp is about 30 strings. It, it would be tuned in, in like the white keys of a piano. And then there's rhythm, which is the jaranas. And there's a family of jaranas from the biggest one, una tercera, to the very small one, a chaquiste. And those are played with, with your fingernails and your fingers, and it, it carries the, the rhythm. And then there's percussion instruments like pandero, the quijada, which is, it could be a donkey jawbone or a horse jawbone. Um, of course, the zapateado. And then there's bass instruments as well, which is a guitarra grande or leona and um, a marimbol also. So it just depends what region or what people are learning. But once this music you know is played together it has like a groove a feeling it, it it just takes you somewhere else so lolis this is an exciting opportunity this festival coming up because people get to see son Carucho in many forms so mm-hmm. talk to us about the different people that will be performing and maybe any for you things that call you specifically to those groups or to the experience that will be had through the san francisco son Carucho festival yeah, so the groups that are coming, one of them is Chuchumbe, which I met when I was younger, and it was one of the first groups that I got to meet from Veracruz that came to our side, and I was just remember I remember being amazed by the dancers Ruby, you know, Liche playing the guitarra de son, and um, Patricio with the singing, and then Andres with the percussion, and then. The other groups, um, Hijos de Jose, which is someone that uh, people that are close to me, like Russell, I met through Maestro Artemio. Um, of course, Andres was playing with them, Lico. And they're, 
they're also like their interpretation of of Son Jarocho is also amazing and and having Andres with them was s- something different, you know. And then it's also exciting to see kind of the new generations. For example, Patricio's uh, daughter will be coming, joining Chuchumbe. And then Amairani, Andres's daughter, I'm excited for because when I first met her, she was like 12 and her brother, I can't remember how old he was. And I got to stay at Andres's house for a while. And, you know, they were kind of into playing, but not really. And I went out there with Maestro and another person that's playing with us, with Tarimba, Joel. And it was my first time performing or playing in a fandango in, in Veracruz. And I ended up playing the harp. Amairani ended up playing the harana and singing. And it was so moving to be able to play with Andres's kids on that side. So now she's coming over here and we'll be sharing the stage as well. Um, so I think that's... That's something special, and it's exciting. <laughs> hmm. I'm talking to Lolis Garcia. She is part of Tarima. She is a, uh, an amazing Son Jarocho player and teacher and community builder. She's been a big part of this community for quite a while, holding it down here in the Bay Area. So we're talking, the name that's come up a bunch is Andres Flores. So Andres Flores actually was here at KPFA with us in studio several times. He's just a wonderful force and presence, a really kind person, a really talented person. And I really think about him as someone who was able to connect a lot of different groups and also just experiment a ton. And so that was, it was brought a lot of fun and a lot of energy. So Andres Flores actually passed away and he is someone that will be honored uh, during this festival since so many people did have relationships with him. Can you tell us, Lolis, a little bit about how the community is coming together and what they're doing to honor him yeah so Andres was a big part of the Bay Area because he was one of the musicians that came out a lot and he contributed so much with so many different people he was such an amazing soul very kind friendly very open he was someone that was willing to share a tradition that you know again it's it's not something we grew up with but he was willing to share it and and we got to learn a lot through him because he came out a lot and just uh the way he taught the way he uh, you know expressed himself through singing playing the harana el pandero he was very moving and touching and i to me i still i still can't believe he's gone and I think it's been hard because it's not like I was in Mexico to kind of go through those motions and being out here, it's almost a little bit too separate. It, I still can't believe that that he, he left this world so young, but he still lives in our memories and with what he's taught and what he's left here in the in the Bay Area and around the world. And tell us about how musicians are coming together because Hijos de Jose, that was his project, Mm -hmm. right? So tell us about how, you know, people are coming together to have a space to play music to honor his life. Yeah, this, the festival, we're going to honor Andres. And before that, you know, we did fandangos in his honor, especially during Dia de Muertos. I know at La Peña, they did something with Maria de la Rosa. We did something at the East Bay Center for the performing arts with, um, with our families and community. And I know that they've done stuff in Santa Clara. 
And there, you know, we've all commemorated him in our own ways, um, even if it's small. It doesn't have to be as big as a, a, a festival or, or a fandango. But he's all very close to our hearts. And, you know, this festival is, is to honor him and, and just remember that he was a big presence here. And Hijos de Jose was one of the groups that he they formed together as a group. And, you know, they had a CD, so they're working on that. And they'll be presenting during the festival. So, Lolis, tell us about what you'll be playing during the festival and also some of the other pieces of it. Because as we know, these festivals are not very different from other kinds of music festivals. I feel like when people hear music festival, they often think, oh, I'm going to go and sit and listen to something. Or I'm going to go and like hang out with my friends while I hear someone play. But fandangos are part of Son Jarocho festivals. There's a lot of classes and talleres. And I feel like there are also a lot more, the whole community seems to be a part of it as opposed to, you know, maybe just certain age groups that feel like you can bring your abuelita, you can go with your little kids. Mm -hmm. So tell us about who will be playing and also what you'll be playing there. Yeah, so I'll be playing with Tarimba. It's a group that Kyla Danish and I have continued it's going to be myself, Kyla Danish, and Joel Ramirez. And hopefully Amairani will join us in a piece. And we'll be playing, you know, a few pieces. Uh, we'll definitely be playing. I'll definitely be playing the pandero. Uh, we'll have some melody and percussion. And for the whole festival, which is amazing, too, is that they have a, a roundtable discussion. I think that's super important to be able to listen, hear what the tradition brings, what it's about, how it came about. And then to be able to, again, talk about, you know, Andres and what he brought to the Bay Area. And then we're going to have a fandango, which uh, it's open to anyone who wants to either participate by just watching or playing or starting to, you know, kind of step their foot into something new. And then we're going to have the concert on Saturday, February 9th. And then there's going to be talleres offered with Zapateado, Harana, and it's going to be uh, Amairani and, and Patricio's daughter offering classes, which will be their first time out here. So that's going to be amazing. <laughs> so there's a different wide range of opportunities for people to come and participate in any way they want to or can. So I know it may sound just like a lot of name dropping, but these are some of the most important people in the Son Jarocho world where, you know, they're not just the people who are playing the music, but a lot of them are actually creating the instruments, building them themselves. Yeah. You know, there's people that have been studying the histories and traditions of this music. They're not just, oh, you know, I play once in a while. Like, this is their life work. <laughs> this is their life work, their lifestyle, their tradition. I mean, for example, Andres, not only was he playing the instruments, he was making them and he was making these beautiful, artistic, intricate um, instruments. And, you know, started with the jaranas, he was making uh, guitarras de son, he was making panderos, and then the panderos became more artistic with prints on the, on the, on the leather part. So he was doing a lot. We're speaking to Lolis Garcia. She is part of Tarima, this beautiful Son Jarocho group, and she's been here in the Bay teaching classes, studying Son Jarocho, and also just working to build the communities. And so much of it is a place where people can 
just join it's very non-judgmental which is something i really appreciate i feel like there's an opening for all levels and all interests i think that for me something i always think about when i think about son carocho is i got a chance a few years ago to go to the fandango um that was happening at the frontera and fandango fronterizo and it was really beautiful because i think that inherently in son carocho there's protest and resistance because it's this it's this fight to preserve and also to honor history that's african you know it's african mexican history it's indigenous and it's also something that is works to the a lot of the versos are calling out you know things that were happening at the time and there were time for people to get together so what do you think in this time where a lot of people feel like you know we're having all this talk about a wall people are scared young people are feeling overwhelmed it feels really tough right now to um, and even scary at times to show pride or to show connection to our history. What do you see the role of Son Jarocho in connecting to the, this movement of resisting? It's just another way and form to be able to express yourself if, you know, if we can't do it with words or trying to change someone's mind. I mean, this this is what's so beautiful about this music that it also evolves with the times and in that way anyone can express themselves with what's happening. If it's through, you know, versos, if it's through the way they play, if it's through the way they dance, it, it just all depends on each person. And this, to me, it's the best way to express any type of emotion, whether, whether it's love, uh, anger, uh, what's happening around the world, falling out of love. It, it's just so open for someone to be able to express themselves the way they can or want to. So Lolis, how can people find out more about the festival? Because it's around the corner, you know, it's next month, but just a few days away, actually. It's less than two weeks away, the festival, and people need to get tickets. It often sells out, you know, it's something that I, it's a, a beautiful event, and I think that a lot of people are excited about and wait all year for this opportunity to see all these greats come together and just share with their family and friends. It's a great thing to invite your family to. Um, so how can people find out more about the specifics? Yeah, so if you go on brava.org, there you will see uh, right on the home page, you'll see the festival with Andres's picture on it. And then you'll you can click on those pages and it'll give you the dates for the fandangos, for the talleres, for the concert. Definitely go on the website brava.org to get your ticket because it sells out pretty quickly. So, Lolis, you've taught a lot of zapateado classes and lots of other kinds of classes. So tell us about what these classes and talleres attached to the Son Carocho Festival will be like. So who should look it up? What kinds of things will be taught? Basically, the way that talleres work in the past is each um, learns a, a son or two either on harana or requinto, uh, percusión, zapateado, and then we'll come together at the end and maybe kind of play the sones together to get a feel of what it would feel like to play together as a whole. So if there's someone listening who said, oh, I've seen or heard zapateado or I've heard a harana and I love it or I want to learn how to, you know, play the quijada, the donkey jaw and just do percussion and sound so fun. If they've never touched these instruments before, is this a time or is it is it something that really people should have some a background in it yeah this is definitely the time anyone can come it's open to anyone and then once you know you are in the group the teacher will figure out how to maneuver different levels and it's it's just open for everyone and everyone is welcome to come 
So Lolis, you're going to share with us some music. So what do you want to share with us? And what will you be playing? What instrument will you be playing? So I'm going to play the pandero since I love percussion. And right now I can't bring the tarima and zapatear. But I will play a little bit of pandero. Um, I'll play el colas. So this is a song that's been around for a while, right? So this is a oh, song yeah. with long history. So tell us, how does it work? So when you said that there are versos más antiguos, so, so tell us, how does that work? How are they passed along? And, you know, how, do, how does music, how does Son Carocho kind of evolve? So a lot of this music is just word of mouth, listening, watching um, either, you know, grandparents or people around you. And now you will find books where you can find versos. Um, and then a lot of the versos that are done are improvised on the spot. So they might not be written down. They're just something you have to pay uh, close attention to in the moment. It's it's something that's in the moment. It's a tradition that's many, many years. So it's just so much involved. So this is a song that maybe someone will hear a variation of it at mm -hmm. the festival, right? Because yeah. Because it's something that people kind of make their own, right? That it kind of transforms depending on who plays it. Yeah, exactly. So there's kind of a base of music. And then once, you know, you, you're familiar with the song, then you improvise and add your own flavor to it. And, um, you know, you, you kind of go off of the base of the, of the song. I've been speaking to Lolis Garcia. So if people are listening and they're not able to make it to the festival, unfortunately, you know, they should do everything they can to make it, but they want to get involved. And they want to play Son Jarocho. How can people get involved with the work you're doing? Yeah, so I teach at the East Bay Center for the Performing Arts. It's in the heart of Richmond. And I teach different age groups and levels. I teach from five-year-olds all the way to young adults. And then we have an ensemble. And then at La Peña with... Uh, Maria de la Rosa, she teaches on Wednesdays. And then with Cassandra, she holds uh, once a month at, in San Francisco at Sports Basement. And then we have Fandangos around the Bay Area. We are starting our spring semester at the East Bay Center. If people on our website, eastbaycenter.org, you'll see the spring 2019 schedule. And I will be teaching classes on Mondays for ages 5 to 11. And then I'll be teaching a Harana workshop on Thursdays for ages 12 to 18. And on Fridays, Maestro and I will be teaching a Son Azteco violin workshop, uh, beginning zapateado and intermediate zapateado. And also those are for 12 to 18-year-olds. So you're teaching classes to five-year-olds. What are you teaching them in Son Jarocho? Like, tell us about what those classes look like, what they learn. Yeah, so for my five-year-olds, I try to give them a wide range of the genres that we specifically work on at the East Bay Center. And for them, they learn very basic rhythms that they can start feeling in their bodies. Um, they learn sones that have animals they can imitate so it's not just son jarocho i teach them son tixtleco son huasteco son mariachero they get to learn a little bit of each definitely they'll learn basic rhythms and singing as well
So they learn the songs and tell us about, you know, you've taught five year olds, you've taught all kinds of ages all over, you know, for the last many, many years. So tell us about some of the experiences or what do you think your young people come away with when they are exposed to this kind of music? I've been watching this cohort of kids uh, grow at the East Bay Center. And what they take away is a sense of community, new friendships. They get to be a part of of a tradition that they might not be able to go see in Mexico because they don't have the opportunity for a variety of reasons. A lot of them might not be able to go to Mexico as often as others. Some never been to those places and a way to connect to their culture is through music and not just music, but the community food. And this is a way like a, a step into a culture that they can start to be aware of and know more of. So they learn how to play a little, they learn how to sing and they learn these different songs and some of the stories behind the songs. Correct. So how do people find out more about these classes? So if they go to our website, eastbaycenter.org, you will find a variety of classes. And on top of that, we are celebrating our 50th year. So if you go on our website, you'll see some of our events that are coming up as well. Can you give us the website so people can find out more about the festival? Yes, the website is brava.org, and you can go on their website to purchase tickets or a packet where you get to go to Fandango, to the concert, and to the talleres. Muchísimas gracias por estar con nosotros. We really appreciate your time, not least not just sharing your music and playing in the studio, but also sharing some of the history and your dedication to building this community that does a lot more than just entertain. It also is a place where people are able to support each other and learn and also value some of the richness that we have for Mexico. Thank you. to La Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza. I'm Brenda Yescas, and I'm super happy, feliz, to have in the studio with me local Bay Area band, La Gran Puchica. ¡Huepa! Yeah. <laughs> <A> huevo! Well, <laughs> welcome to La Raza Chronicles. 
Well, thank you for having us. <laughs> so can you introduce yourselves and tell me a little bit about the band? Hi, my name's Ellie. Hi, Mommy. Estoy en el radio. Y aquí tenemos a... Leslie. And uh, I'm David, David de la Gran. Y somos la Gran Puchica. Ooh. Aquí tocamos cumbia en la bahía. Somos bien feliz para hacerlo. Mm-hmm. That's, 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 that's what we're doing. Yeah. Para, para eso estamos aquí. You know? Aquí nomás, no, nomás tocando la musiquita. Pero... Um, somos que? There's six of us. We have Wirawero, que es Mikael, el toca la guira. Tenemos a la tamborera, loca la polaca. Loca la polaca con la conga. Y tenemos a Bobby Ganesh en bass y él um, es nuestro osito perezoso. Y acá tenemos a David que toca la guitarra. Leslie, Los Maracones, y la voz, pues, soy yo, Eli, mucho gusto. Bueno, en sí, um, en la forma que lo hacemos, que tocamos música, nos encanta porque nos, nos encontramos eh, por casualidad todos, y en cierta forma es como se fue creando la banda David, es el, el, el muchachón de la banda, el que prácticamente nos juntó a todos. Sí, y um, escribe las canciones, y nosotros todos traemos que... Nuestro sabor individual, porque somos de, bueno, latinos por todo, por, you know, por toda América. Mexicanas, guatemaltecos, Belice, y pues también a nuestros güeritos queridos. Sí, nuestros sí. <laughs> güeritos queridos. allies playing music with us. How did you all meet? ¿Cómo se conocieron? Pues, uh, the Bay Area is small, and you are constantly crossing communities, and... Uh, I actually met David back in maybe 2012, 13, and um, he was doing a performance in the Bay um, at a gallery we used to have called Moco, and he was with Espiritus, and, well, um, I liked his performance, so, you know, always saying hi at different places, and um, he introduced me to La Gran Puchica, which, you know, has been around for about three generations now. We are the third generation. Um, of yeah. these members together and then uno con el otro y el otro y el otro y luego se enseñó la Leslie and you know the whole party started from there mm -hmm. yeah I remember that actually I remember meeting Ellie that, that was like a theater performance that we did um, so it was like non-musical related necessarily but later on you know like we formed us uh, we formed the group La Gran Puchica which was like uh, just a bunch of a bunch of friends you know what I mean we, we started doing that but then that kind of like um, that 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 kind of fell apart, you know, and then there was like this big old transition period, which is like uh, the moment where like, you know, we met, met Leslie and then she was just like down, you know, what I mean, like down to come in and play. And I was like so happy to have her to have her on. And around the same time, like, you know, like I reconnected with Ellie and then Ellie was like extra down too, you know, what I mean, so then like and then everything just kind of started like like snowballing in that effect. You know what I mean, we've just been like just creating more and more pieces, um, working really nicely together. So, like, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming, like, a really nice little musical family, and I'm really happy to be playing with all these people that we're playing with. Not to mention, you know, not to forget to mention the, the amazing players that are not with us in this uh, recording this morning. La Tamborera Canchita is really amazing. Uh, we also call her <laughs> Loca La Polaca. Loca La Polaca. Um, she's been doing tambores all over the Bay Area for a while now, and um, her craft is really well rehearsed and um, also Bobby Ganesh just picked up the bass so that he could kick it with us and we're very thankful that he filled that 
that void that um and we really love his interaction with the band like he makes amazing flyers and he's a well-known dj throughout the bay area and you know he's adorable and then we have so cute yeah well then we have the widawero who you know is a great timbalero and he just plays everything really well and he always has really good energy so together we make a good family from all over from all over. <laughs> yeah. True. And when halfsies and halfsies, we're we three and three, three girls and three guys, so pretty much you have a balance in a way. Yes. That's another thing about La Gran Puchica is that um, in its past generations, it has been male-dominated, and recently we we brought up the Puchi power. <laughs> we are the Puchi... Puchi? The Puchi cats. Puchi cats. Um, and uh, we're trying to add that flavor that I think gets missing sometimes from the cumbia scene a lot of cumbia scenes it's just that you know there are women DJs and there are women musicians and just because you don't get to see them doesn't mean they're not there and they shouldn't be heard also mm-hmm. you know they need space on the dance floor to dance and ask them permission if you want to dance with them all of these things that don't really get said is something that we are trying to bring to the forefront that like hey you know we're all growing up so let's grow up together and and if we're gonna be woke let's all be woke you know <laughs> not yeah. just not just in public but also in our own behaviors are y'all from the Bay Area originally? No, I'm not from the Bay Area. Like, I'm from uh, from L.A. And then, like, so I was born out there. Mi familia de Guatemala y de Belize, you know, via Los Angeles. And I moved up here, like, you know, like about five years ago. I was just looking for the cumbia. And interestingly enough, when, when I got here, like, uh, th- there wasn't, like, a strong presence of it, you know? Like, had to almost, like, uh, dig really far and wide and find and find some players, until finally, you know, like we, we we found some, and then now it's like everywhere you look, it's like cumbia this, cumbia that, you know, like which is like, which is amazing. But I mean, like I, I, you know, growing up and everything, I mean, we listen to the music, you know, and everything, and I've, I've taken to like to writing uh, original music um, ever since I was like thirteen. You know, everything that we play with La Gran Puchica is is original. Uh, well, for the most part. We do a few fun covers that everybody everybody knows, so we, we like to make sing alongs. Where um, are you from, Leslie? Yo de donde soy de todos lados. <laughs> nah, um, pues yo crecí en la frontera de Tijuana y San Diego, so me la pasaba en Tijuana, San Diego, yendo y regresando, pero ya tengo como dos años y medio que me vine para San Francisco, un año casi en San Francisco, ya tengo como un año y medio aquí en, en Oakland. Y fue exacta, casi exactamente cuando me, me cambié para Oakland a los meses, fue cuando conocí a, a David, de unas veces que me salía a caminar y a buscar gente y a, y a conocer, y, este, y unas veces encontré a, a David tocando en, en, en este lugar. Del, del, The Revolution Cafe. Revolution Cafe. Y este, yo traía mi cámara y dije, bueno, pues voy a ir a ver qué onda, voy a tomar unas fotillos, a ver si conozco gente, y terminé conociéndolos y bueno... Miré, miré, de hecho, miré la guachara que dije, ¿y eso qué es? ¿Se puede tocar? Se escucha bien chingón. Pero igual, este, dije, hey, ¿qué onda? Me, me, pregunté, me acuerdo que le pregunté a David, este, andaba conociendo a todo el mundo y tomándole fotos y videos y le dije, bueno, se las paso. Y bueno, nos comunicamos y me dijo, hey, ¿qué tocas? ¿Qué haces? ¿Cantas o lo que sea? Y digo, no, pues, no mucho. Canto también de vez en cuando. Pero igual le puedo intentar dar como cualquier instrumento y lo aprendo. Y dije, bueno, ya tengo casi como un año, un año que apenas empecé a tocar también. Yo pues uh, nací en el Valle Central, 
uh, sur de Fresno. <ríe> y uh, mi mamita vive en la misma casa en que llegó. Uh, soy la primera generación aquí en los Estados Unidos. And I moved up to the Bay about 10 years ago now, or a little further, after a, a long trip with my grand, grumpy grandpa in Mexico. And when I came back to the Central Valley, I was just like, eh, well, you know, as much as I love it, I also wanted to see other places. And I landed here, and I just met my bestest of best friends, my sister friends, you know, I've met so many amazing people that I've been able to carry in my personal life as relatives that I'm, that, you know, I haven't had a reason to leave just yet. Uh, and I feel like La Cumbia has always been here and we've always had it. It's just that now, we, you know, we're growing up and we're all gathering together and we have so many flavors and we all want to dance and we all just want to kind of recreate what we've had in our childhoods like my family was a party family for a while every weekend we were dancing in the dirt and you know having contests of who who was better you know who danced more like selena and who knows what you know so i feel like as adults like when we have a show we're we're just playing dress up <laughs> you know we're playing dress up and and just having a good time and supporting each other So speaking of cumbia, what are your musical influences? Because I've been listening to your music and it sounds like some of the songs sound like chicha, a little bit of subgenre of uh, cumbia. Tell us a little bit about your musical influences. I I, I, grew, I grew up listening to like um, La, La Luz Roja de San Marcos, um, Aniceta Molina. There was like a lot of um, just a lot of parties that we would go to. And whenever the cumbia would hit, like everybody would get on the dance floor, you know. Honestly, like, um, I, I didn't really listen to, I had, like, three albums, you know, like, uh, growing up on, on a CD. And then, like, that's all I ever listened to. It was, like, just, like, this one, uh, this, this one cumbia CD, uh, La Luz Roja San Marcos. And then, um, and that's what kind of just, like, formed, like, the sound, you know what I mean? Other than, like, um, other than rock and roll, like, classic rock and stuff, stuff like that. So, the music is just in my, in my blood for some reason. I don't even know how that happened because, like, nobody plays music in my family. Anyways, like, um, the, the Aisali, and, like, it's just, you know, like, just creating things. I hear melodies in my head all the time, so I just kind of come out with them. And then, uh, you know, I form the skeleton of the song. Y luego, pues, you know, todos vienen y me dicen, no, They, like, change change this, change that. And I'm like, okay, cool, you know? Like, so we we start making, making the body of the music like that, you know? <laughs> so... I love this question because um, you get to tell everybody all your favorites. I think Leslie and I have a lot of similar tastes because como somos mexicanas, las dos somos de, del, del norte. Yeah. <laughs> um, I grew up listening to everything, every, everything. Like my sisters listen to Chicago and, you know, to... Um, Paula Abdul and all of that. And then also, like, I was listening to Bronco. Libros tontos, you know, and uh, Los Temerarios and, you know, Jose Jose and all the cheese balls. And then, um, you know, like, you watch television and you get uh, Carlos Vives and you get all, uh, all los colombianos con los pelos largos en la tele, oh, you know. sensuales con sus yeah. <laughs> Y luego siempre en domingo y, y todo eso, pues, toda la música, pues, de donde, donde sea, de donde quiera. Y, and, like, um, I don't know, I guess it was just really fun being a kid and having parents who really wanted to hold on to their culture and one of the ways that they were able to do it was to 
play their music. Limpiar por la mañana, sí. a las siete de la mañana, en el fin de semana. Like, that stuff wasn't just chores. Un ritual. Yeah, era un ritual. un ritual. Todos bailando con la escoba, cocinando con la música. Like, it's a real thing. That's why, that's why you have so many funny memes and videos y todo y todo y todo. You know, we're just holding on to our culture. That reminds me, like, you know, when you talk about, like, uh, limpiando en la mañana, like, uh, you know, like, uh, mother would always play, like, uh, marimbas, you know, like, like That's yeah. great. And she'd be, like, dancing all the time, you know, like, in the in the sala, you know, like, or in the kitchen, you know, like, just, just dancing. Este, marimbas, I love classical music, también, you know, like, uh, I always listen to, like, flamenco. Oh, you flamenco está bueno. A mí sí me gusta. Bossa Nova, a mí es uno de mis favoritos. Yeah, right. Porque es como jazz. Yo digo que sí, como Bossa Nova, yo era bien Bossa Nova, punk rock, de todo. Me iba a los extremos. Yeah, <laughs> punk rock, too. That was a big ah, punk rock. I forgot all punk rock. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. See, we're all like, I think we bring this, definitely during band practice, we're always trying to cover really silly things. Well, I am. That's my goal. <laughs> yo, yo también. I'm not going to tell you which ones because it's going to be a surprise. <laughs> I've been speaking to the local Bay Area band La Gran Puchica. Speaking of La Gran Puchica, where did the name come from? Pues el nombre, you know, viene de, de la palabra Puchica, you know, se usa mucho allá en Centroamérica. And um, it's, a, it's a rated G uh, word. It, it replaces another word, you know, que no se puede decir. Pero, like, it's kind of like saying darn it, you know? But, like, almost like, say, <laughs> like saying, like, like, so. like wow, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's kind of a shock, you know? It's more like saying, son of a... <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is right. it? Uh, a, la, a la gran. Right? But then, like, um, the, the thing is, you know, like, grandma says it, grandpa says it, like, any, everybody says it, you know? And, um, and that's the thing that, that, that I wanted to, like, concientizar. Is, is that, that's the good word right there. Like bring it, bring it to the forefront. It's kind of like, you know, we use this different um, words, we use this different language, and um, uh, I feel like there's a lot of like, um, there's a lot of shaming that comes along with like a word like buchica, you know, like um, or like the word that it replaces. So um, what what I was trying to do, like you know, it's kind of like is is just bring that to the front and understand like why we use you know the language that we use. So that's kind of where I mean, because it's a it's it's a fun word, you know what I'm saying. But at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, really, like, you know, why, 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 why are we really using these, like, this, uh, this word in this, you know, this context? But yeah, essentially, it is a fun word, so that's why it kind of involves like all these different elements, fun, and at the same time, like, look at, look, just look at it. That's really what it is. Speaking of creativity and playfulness, you guys are gonna play us an acoustic song right now. Which, what are you guys gonna play? Today for you, we're going to play Como Te Quiero.
Uh, the next song we're going to play is called um, El Twengi Pollo, and this is our, our first, uh, this is our promo introduction studio-wise to the world. Este, we, we, all, we all put this together, and it's, uh, it's just a little fun little song. Llamando la cumbia Vale el volumen a su radio y guarden las tías porque es hora de bailar con la gran puchica hasta las seis de la mañana. Aquí no para la cumbia.
sigue. I've had the pleasure of talking to local Bay Area band La Gran Puchica. Tell our listeners where they could find out more information about your band and also any future gigs you might have in the Bay Area. You can always visit our website, este, www.lagranpuchica.com. I mean, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Instagram, and I believe that's, that's all for, for our contacts there. You might see us walking around town, say hello. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. O bailando. <laughs> uh, mayormente bailando nos van a encontrar por ahí. And, um, well, we have a show coming up. February 9th, we will be playing at the Legion Air with Very Be Careful. Woo! Party! <laughs> Así que alístese, todos invitados. No se preocupen. Desde que se van a pasar, se la van a pasar bien. Inviten a todo mundo. A su mamá, sus tías. Sí, de todo, de todo. Sus tíos, jóvenes, no más que tengan 21 años. Yeah. <laughs> sí, no, 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 niños, niños. Yeah, and we try to do like a benefit, like, you know, maybe like once every other month at least, you know. Like, I think the next one we're going to do is for homies empowerment, you know. Always trying to like reach out to the comunidad, be of support, be of use. La, la música se presta pa, para eso, y para eso estamos aquí. Para sacar buen ánimo. Y para sacar buen, you know, buen uso de nuestro tiempo en esta vida. Pues gracias, Leslie, Ellie y David, for being on the show with me tonight. Gracias Órale. a usted. Gracias. Yeah. Simón.
Bienvenidos and welcome to the La Rosa Chronicles calendar, where you can learn about the local Latinx art, culture, and social action scene in the San Francisco Bay Area. This weekend on Friday, February 1st, and Saturday, February 2nd, you can see This Taco Truck Kills Fascists at the San Francisco Indie Film Festival at the Roxy Theater, 3117 16th Street in San Francisco, by the 16th and Mission Bart Street Station. You'll play on Friday at 5 and on Saturday at 2.45. The Chilean-American filmmaker Rodrigo Dorfman will be present and ready to talk with you about his brilliant hybrid genre documentary. Next weekend at La Peña Cultural Center, Mentiras Piadosas, Amores y Desamores de Frida Kahlo, Little White Lies, Frida Kahlo's Love and Heartbreaks. Don't worry about finding a unique date idea for Valentine's Day, we've got you covered with Mentiras Piadosas. Mentiras Piadosas is a unique storytelling experience exploring the lesser-known side of Frida Kahlo through live music, pictures, video, and live picture recreations of Frida Kahlo's iconic self-portraits, plus dresses inspired by Frida's life and art. Come sing along to the songs Frida Kahlo loved while learning about her other loves and passions, her bittersweet relationship with Diego Rivera, and her passion for clothing. This will be happening Saturday, February 16th at... 7 p.m. Doors open at 6.30 and this is at La Peña Cultural Center. Contact La Peña at lapeña.org. If you have any calendar listings you'd like to send our way, please email us at lajosachronicles at kpfa.org. You've been listening to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. If you'd like to stay up on our news, like us on Facebook, at La Raza Chronicles on Facebook. If you want to hear this program or share with a friend, you can go to soundcloud.com slash La Raza Chronicles and share it. If you have any ideas for interviews we should be doing or would like to get involved with our collective, you can email us at lajasachronicles at kpfa.org. Muchísimas gracias y buenas noches.